Welcome to episode 10 of Armchair Donkeys. Today we welcome former LSU and Cleveland Browns quarterback Josh Booty back onto the show. Before we get into it, I got to ask how the Sports Challenge app is doing. You guys <laughs> launched Bula roughly a year ago. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how things have progressed? Yeah, man, we, we couldn't be more excited. We, you know, we raised a, a little bit of money and we had to to build the tech and uh, get the thing ready to for the public. And we were able to, uh, you know, to do that with an awesome company called Dual Boot out of San Francisco, a uh, well-known shop there, uh, you know, all over the world, tech company, they've got offices all over. But we wanted to be, we wanted to, to give uh, the people uh, out there a peer-to-peer -peer gambling app where they could challenge, dare, wager their f friends on the blockchain for everybody to see. So it's like a call to action app. We call it a, a social challenge app, but it's a call to action app where, where it's, uh, you know, we're going to have wallet functionalities, tokenization. Um, there's a lot of different things that we're building into the app right now. We're kind of like the Disney version of peer to peer gambling right now. We're more like, you know, bet your buddies on video games or it could be games, but there's nothing uh, that we're not a sports book. We're not taking a VIG. And that's the difference is no one's ever created anything like this on a social platform to where, you know, I could challenge you guys. I bet you can't get the girl's number at the bar, Bo, you know, for a drink. And I, I say that all the time, but I, but it's but it's true. This No one's ever done anything like this. There's no lines. There's no Vegas odds. That's what we're all used to is like the plus 155 or minus 135 or minus two and a half or plus the points. It's like this is blank canvas uh, gambling. It's it's like dude perfect or jackass and handicapping kind of all rolled into one. So you make you create your own stakes uh, and you create your own line, your own odds and what you're betting for on the golf course, video games, you know, bar games or football games or, or, or any sports event. You can bet on it, uh, but it's on the blockchain, which has never been done either before in a social environment. So we're trying to it's like the tick a tick tock with a verdict, you know, and no one's ever been able to do that call to action on in a social environment. So that's really the difference between, like, say, us and Barstool Sportsbook or us and MGM or just TikTok. We're we're kind of a combination of the two without the actual Vegas odds and lines, uh, you know, uh, uh, ingrained into the system. So uh, it's pretty it. fun, a pretty fun atmosphere to be on. We, we believe it could go viral, uh, you know, with the right with the right people. What um, what blockchain are you building on? Um, that's a good question. I need to ask my, my tech guys on that. <laughs> um, all I know is, you know, it's on the blockchain. That's all I saw. So, all right, fair they're enough. Building hey, say, you know, I'm a sports guy. That's why I'm talking to you guys. I, I really don't know uh, the exact blockchain that we're, we're on, but um, I could get that information to you for sure. Josh, so since it's social, like if you if we were all friends on it and you bet Bo to go get the girl's number, would we all see what you yes. guys are oh, okay cool so it's just like instagram stories so if you follow somebody you see the all the action that they're involved in and then now you can kind of well you could piggyback action you know you could say oh yeah, shoot right. you know bo says he's going to shoot under 90 today at bel air country club there ain't no way he's going to shoot <laughs> under 90 you know i bet another hundred on it or whatever so yeah there's you know there's it's a call to action you just can talk trash and that's what we we tried to come up with something where you know, that's what, how we grew up. Like all you got, you did yeah. too. You know, it's like, right. dude, I bet you I can throw a football 60 yards or I bet I can beat you in a game of horse or whatever it was. It was one-on-one, you know, it was let's go talk crash. And we did that all the time. And then we'd go out in the yard and try to try to beat our buddies. And that's exactly what we tried to do, build in a social environment, you know, for the whole world, really. It's a global play for us. Uh, we're, 
we're speaking in May, even at, uh, at Cannes Film Festival. I mean, we're going to do some amazing stuff around the world. But, you know, you can bet your friends on video games. We want to SDK into even video games to where, you know, if you're if you're trying to win armor or or maybe you're playing Madden and you can see our Bula sign in there, uh, you know, logo in there where you can click it and it'll go straight into a social challenge with your buddies, even through the video game system. So there's a lot that we're doing that we want to get to in the future. But right now, Disney version of challenging your friends on the blockchain in a social environment. I love it. Awesome. All right, Bob, uh, we missed you last week. How'd you do last weekend? Uh, Man, I didn't. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I was pretty rough on the college football world, but uh, fought back in the NFL a little bit. Um, I, you know, I really thought A&M would compete a little bit better at home. Um, I thought they could pull that game off. So I went money line on that one. It, kicked me in the ass, but, uh, was able to uh, fight back on Sunday and, and, and get most of it back, but not a, not a positive weekend uh, in the, uh, Pestavano house gambling wise. Well, you know, we, we've got those weekends. I, I had, uh, my biggest weekend of the season yet. Uh, there's a, there's a sports betting app, uh, that you guys should, should download. And, and I think all our listeners should download. It's called the action app. Uh, it's you can pay twenty nine ninety nine a month for their pro membership, and they've got some of the best information, high quality injury reports that are tough to find. Their founders founder Stucky has been a handicapper for eighteen years. He's I think he's twenty one and three in his last twenty in his last twenty <laughs> in his last twenty four locks. And uh, last weekend, I I hammered South Alabama over a banged up Arkansas State team. These are teams I've never even watched. I, I took Miami of Ohio, of Ohio over the Akron Zips, and then um, I had a big win on San Jose State in the second half in their comeback win over Nevada. So I highly recommend the Action Sports Betting app. It's got a green circle with a little check mark, and uh, read up on Stucky's plays. He releases his best plays of the weekend every Wednesday, and, man, the guy is just absolutely tearing it up. All right, Josh, uh, let's kick things off between the hedges where two of the best in the country are squaring off. Top-ranked Tennessee is getting eight points in Athens against Georgia. The over-under in this game is 66. Yeah, man, I'm I'm super excited for this matchup, of course, after watching Bama go into Neyland Stadium and, and lose a ball game to Tennessee. This makes this game huge for the East and the SEC East and – and, you know, Tennessee can score points. We know that. They did it on Bama. Bama's got one of the strongest defenses in the country. I think Bama's going to rebound and have a great season. But I do think Tennessee playing at Georgia is a big deal. Uh, when you talk about Georgia's defense, I think that's really the strength of their organization. It has been with Kirby Smart. He's a defensive guy. I think they've got talent. They did lose uh, Nolan Smith, I think, one of their best defensive players this week. Uh, he's not going to play the rest of the year, and that's going to hurt him because he's a potential first-round pick. But I think Georgia's sixth in the country in defense. And when you look at Tennessee, on the other hand, Tennessee's defense is not near as strong. They're, they're 150th or 170th on total defense. They give up a lot. And I think Georgia's strong running the ball, balanced with big tight ends. They can throw the ball if they need to. Stetson Bennett's a six-year guy. Like, he's won a national championship last year. I don't, I don't know if Tennessee – uh, I don't know if Tennessee can stop Georgia enough and get the ball back for that offense to kind of get going. I really like Georgia in the game. I, I even like a minus eight, um, to be honest with you, just because the game's in Athens. They're going to be as fired up as, as, as anybody could be uh, in a showdown like this. And 
and they've got all the pieces that they need on defense to stop Tennessee. I do, of course, we all like Hendon Hooker. He's having a fantastic year, but you know their defense is weak. Georgia's going to score. They're going to put a whole lot of pressure on him. And, you know, if he has to play from behind, he gets one-dimensional and they throw the football, I think Georgia's defense is a lot better than Bama's defense. So, Or it was two weeks ago. I think Bama's going to rebound and be as good as Georgia at the end. But right now, I think Georgia's defense is going to present some problems for Tennessee that Alabama wasn't able to present them on the back end of that defense. Rob? Yeah, man, I like everything you're saying, Josh. Obviously, we love what Tennessee's doing and Heupel, they got that team going, but I think this, if this was in Knoxville, it might be a different story. Um, I don't really love betting this game. I don't like eight either way, to be honest with you. I think, I think Georgia wins outright um, just for all the points that, that Josh brought up. I just don't think Tennessee can slow them down. And then, and and on the flip side, Georgia's defense is good enough. So I think maintain that Tennessee offense, but it's going to be a hell of a football game. I'm bummed. It kicks off at the same time, the buffs and the ducks kick off. Um, so this, but I don't think I want to bet it. I think Georgia wins it outright. I'd love to see Tennessee keep winning, but I just think in, in Athens, Georgia has an advantage. You know, this game's a bit out of my lane, uh, but this picks for you, Chris Clark, Vols plus eight and on the money line. <laughs> Dogs are eating puppy chow this week. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Bob, take us to Manhattan, Kansas, where the Texas Longhorns are a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Kansas State Wildcats. The over-under in this game is 54-and-a-half. You know, I think I think this is I – I mean, I don't know if it's, you're allowed to call it a trap game because Texas isn't having that great of a season. But, um, you know, Bo, we've been to Manhattan. Josh, I don't know if you've ever been there before. But, you know, never, it's never been. It, you know, it, it's not a great place to travel to. It's not a, you know, it's not this electric big stadium that, you know, you, you get to play in sometimes. And, and Kansas State's pretty damn good, man. And and they know how to ruin other teams' seasons. They know how to crush other teams' dreams when they come into Manhattan. Um, so I like them getting points against Texas because they've just been too up and down for me this year, the Longhorns have. And I think it's just a, it's a tough place to go into and, and, and blow out Kansas state there. I mean, even I just, I just think Kansas state's too tough. They're gritty. They play hard and they're at home that that place is as small and as non exciting as it is. It's those fans will be fired up. So I like taking Kansas state and the points in this one. Josh. Yeah. I, I like the experience too of Martinez. I went to the Oklahoma game against Kansas state and, I sat two or three rows from right behind the Kansas State bench, actually, and they got some big old boys, and they got some older, experienced guys. And, and of course, they beat Oklahoma at Oklahoma, and that was Oklahoma's first loss of the year. And They went up and down the field on them like they, were, they, they weren't even there defensively. And, and Oklahoma's young, but Kansas State just – they did everything right that day. The quarterback can make plays. He looked like a Heisman Trophy candidate that day. Adrian Martinez, of course, he's an experienced guy, a lot like Stetson Bennett. We just talked about it. Georgia, a guy that's played a lot of football. And so I think Kansas State can hold their own against Texas. I really do think it is probably a wire-to-wire game. If Quinn Ewers is on, then Texas is lethal. If they're running the football, of course, with Bijan, that frees him up a little bit to do play action. He can get the ball down the field. But if if he's not on, Kansas State's going to win the ball game outright. And so Quinn Ewers is going to have to play a really good quality football game for for uh, you know Texas to win and and to cover the spread, I, I I do like Kansas State at home. It's like like Bobby said, it's so tough to go into places like that and win 
against a super competitive team that which they are, you know, they're not a top 10 team, but they're a 10 to 20 team somewhere and they could beat anybody at any, at any time at home, especially. So I would go with Kansas state. Yeah. I'll, I'll second uh, that Bob and staying in Manhattan. I think the place that we stayed in was just a little flea bag motel. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not the nicest accommodations. There. <laughs> Um, I will say that it, it wasn't Santa Monica, Bo. It wasn't. No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't no. like being at the bungalow. In Santa Monica. <laughs> no, de- definitely not. Um, you know, Oklahoma State two weeks ago, uh, Texas uh, was outflagged fourteen to nothing in that game, and we all know that the Big Twelve is kicking them in the ass on the way out the door. So you you might even have. <clears throat> On those close calls that that they may or may not throw a flag on, you got to figure that the Wildcats are probably going to get the flags in that game. If it wasn't for that one little caveat, I'd probably think that Texas would bounce back big uh, and Bevo would be out for blood in this one. But uh, I can't take it just because I don't trust the the Big 12 refs in this one. Um, I think you got an edge with Kansas State there. All right, guys, uh, I'm going to go out of my lane uh, for this one, and I'm taking us to College Station where the Gators are getting three and a half points at Texas A&M. The over-under in this game is 55 and a half. So Texas A&M struggles on offense. Uh, They only have two quality wins over Miami, who outgained them offensively in that game, and Arkansas, who really should have beat them. Um, they had that fluke turnover on the goal line, which I think they, they ran back for a touchdown. Um, I, I think that the, uh, the Florida offense is pretty dynamic with that quarterback. I don't think the, the Aggies are going to have an answer for them, and I don't think they can, they can score enough to cover the three-and-a-half. So I'm taking uh, Florida plus three-and-a-half and on the money line in this game. Josh, this is a little bit more in your wheelhouse. You got any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm like Lee Corso. Whoa, not so fast. Yeah, you know, I like I like A and I like A and M in this game. I think Richardson does present a lot of problems. But A and M last week got on the offensive train with Connor Weigman, and he's the freshman from Katy, Texas. I've actually spent some time with him last year, training him a little bit in Scottsdale with a guy named Tom House, who's a world famous uh, quarterback guru and, and and pitching coach. He's Nolan Ryan's guy way back. Brady's guy, Breeze's guy. Anyways, he spent some time with Connor Wagman. I was so impressed with this kid. And last week, he was, I think, a uh, uh, Big 12 player – or SEC, sorry, uh, player of the week offensively with four touchdowns, no picks, 338 yards in his first ever game. You know, against it was against Ole Miss. And we know Ole Miss doesn't play a ton of defense, but Ole Miss is a really good football team with only one loss. And so I like the way that Jimbo call play, plays for Connor, and he knows Connor's a little bit better of a player, athlete, a better athlete and a better thrower than what he's been dealing with early in the season uh, with the other two kids, King, uh, Haynes King and, and Johnson, Max Johnson, that were there and started the first eight, seven, eight games. So I do like Connor Wagman. I like that they scored a lot of points last week. I think they'll continue some good offense. And and Florida's defense is, is porous. I mean, they really are. It's going. It might be one of those forty-two, thirty-nine games again, like it was with Ole Miss last week with A and M. And I do like A and M this week. I I don't think Florida's near as good as Ole Miss. And and if A and M plays like they did last week, I think they win the game and, um, and win by a touchdown or so. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with Connor Wegman too last Saturday against Ole Miss. So, and I think that momentum will keep going. Um, and and being in College Station, 
Um, I, I think I'd have to lean more towards what Josh is going with here and, and thinking A&M will, will come out on top on this one. Yeah, the, the main reason I picked this game, I haven't really seen a whole lot of games between these two teams, but uh, my guy Stucky, he likes Florida plus three and a half. And, uh, and, and, and the breakdown that he, he gave, ain't doing bad. No, and, and, and the breakdown that he gave me was that, uh, that Texas A&M really doesn't have, other than the Arkansas and the Miami win, they don't really have any quality uh, – any quality wins to write home about. So yeah, I think um, I think the one thing that that Bobby said too about Connor is it gives him a whole new energy with this freshman quarterback. And so mm-hmm. you know what what we've seen uh, the first seven games and and your Stucky guy might not understand too is and, and he might be right, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you that when the fan base gets behind a, a quarterback that can get it done, the, it'll be electric in there when you know when people already wrote. A and M off, you know what I'm saying? The fan base, and now they got new life, and, and for the first time, they played great last week. They get another great opponent at home. If they can knock off Florida, they can. It's something to build on. It's something mm-hmm. Jimbo can build on it. He now, now he's telling everybody this kid's going to take us to the promised land. So if Connor plays well, man, there could it could be electric in there. It really could be because they got a hundred thousand fans, and they need a win bad. Yeah, that does seem to be like the one thing that they they have been missing. And you guys are quarterbacks, so so if you guys like them, then I'm I'm probably gonna just stay away and see what happens in that game. Uh, all right, Booty, let's go to Baton Rouge, where the Tigers, your LSU Tigers, are getting 13 at home against your old ball coach Nick Saban <laughs> and his Alabama Crimson. The over under in this game is 56 and a half. Yeah, man, I. To be honest with you, I, I love, of course, love LSU. I love what Brian Kelly's been able to do, especially after watching us lose the first game to Florida State. And I wondered really where the season was going to go. And for us to to be six and two, to kind of hold our own destiny in the West, uh, you know, with one SEC loss is fantastic. But I think Bama's just too good. And I think, you know, a week, uh, an extra week to prepare. Both teams always have a week off a bye before they play each other. But Kelly's never had to go up against Saban in an SEC matchup. Saban, I think, is 9-1 and one in his last 10 against LSU. And he's got the best quarterback in the country, I believe, in Bryce Young. I think he's got the best running back in the country. Maybe Bijan is is up there with, with uh, Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is a fanta- fantastic – he's like Alvin Kamara. This kid's going to be an unbelievable NFL player. I think – I also think Eli Elias Ricks, the defensive back for Alabama, came back last week, completely shut down the receivers for Mississippi State. He didn't play in that game against Tennessee. It kind of shores up their secondary a little bit. He can play some one-on-one stuff, so their safeties can do a lot more. And Saban loves to dick with all that. And so it's fun. To, it's fun to see them kind of. Uh, it'll it'll be fun to see all this kind of come together for Bama because I, I do root for Saban when they're not playing LSU because I, I, I think he's a wonderful coach and a great guy, but. But at the same time, is is Brian Kelly ready to make that jump? You know, we're thirteen point underdogs, it, and we have two freshmen starting on the offensive line. I think Alabama's strength is their defensive line. It always is. It always will be. And so I think they'll give our our, our team a. We'll have a lot of a lot of trouble. I think moving the football, uh, running the football against them, and then Jaden Daniels is going to have to play out of his butt. And he's been able to play some great games, slippery, but he doesn't throw on time enough for me to go. He can go up and down the field throwing against Bama and moving the chain. That's that's my opinion. Is Alabama will cover the thirteen just because of that factor right there. Is that Jaden Daniels tries to make a lot happen and 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 he doesn't play in rhythm a lot of times. And if Alabama can stop the run, make him throw on third down and long, it'll be a tough day for for LSU. That's just my opinion. 
Rob? Yeah, this one is uh, this is pretty simple for me. I think Coach Saban's got enough dickhead in him that he's going to want to go to Baton Rouge against Brian Kelly at LSU for the first time and send him and send a message. Um, and I think Alabama's good enough to send that message. So I like uh, I like Alabama to cover, even though they're going on the road in this game. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with both of you guys. I think <clears throat> Nick Saban's going to outclass Brian Kelly in this one, and uh, you know. LSU may be a season or two away from being able to compete with those guys. All right, uh, let's go to Seattle, Bob, where the Washington Huskies are a four-point favorite on Friday night at home against the Oregon State Beavers. Uh, the over-under in this game is 55. Yeah, so uh, I like Washington in this game. Um, being at home, I like the way Michael Penix Jr., the Indiana transfer, is is playing in that offense and the way they're they're calling plays for him. Um, that dude can just flat out sling the football around the field. Um, this is going to be a cool atmosphere. Friday night in Seattle on Lake Washington. Um, it, I mean, it is going to be a cool atmosphere for, for those people. So I like the fact that the dogs are at home and they're, and I mean, not that Oregon State, they're having a good year. They're playing well. They're a strong team. But I just think Washington at home with the way Michael Penix Jr. is playing this year will, will outscore them on a Friday night just, and they're going to have a great home field advantage. Um, it's going to be electric in that place. And, and it just goes back to the quarterback and he's a, he's an older guy was at IU for a long time and then made the, made the transfer to, to, to UW. So um, I just don't think Oregon state is that strong enough yet to go on the road and beat a team like that on a Friday night. You know, that changes everything. Atmosphere is everything. And so I think that's going to be a, a big part, big part of this game. So, I like I like UW on tomorrow night against against the Beavers. Josh, I, I agree. I like I like Penix, of course, and and Washington at home. They're always tough to beat up there in the Friday night showcase game for them. I mean, it's the recruiting battle too up there in the Pacific Northwest in terms of how they can recruit. You know, all that area too, and people are going to be watching that game. I I don't know. I think it'll be high scoring. Uh, and, and Bobby said alluded to that too. I think it will be high scoring. They they always are these these Pac-12 games, especially these showcase Thursday night games or Friday night. In this case, I think it'll be a fun game. I'd take the over, but I like Washington in the game. They're 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 usually bigger up front too and more physical, you know. And if they can throw the ball at all, uh, which they've been able to do this year, then they they should have some success and and be able to do what they want to do with the football and, and move it. So I, I like Washington. So I got a buddy who has a system that says anytime you have an unranked team. Who is a who's favored at home over a ranked opponent? That you should take the unranked favorite, which in this case is Washington. Um, I don't know why, but I I I love uh, my gut says I love when I see a team that's plus four with a little bit of uh, you know positive money line. So I, I want to take Oregon State, but you know I'm gonna go with. He said he said that that ranked it's called ranked unranked, and he said that that ranked unranked strategy is like 80%. So I'm going to roll that, with you guys. And, is that uh, Stucky? No, no. This is <laughs> <laughs> This isn't my boy Stucky. Is, by the way, I, I'm going to reach out to that guy Stucky and see if we can find a way to get him on the show. Eight, 18 years of handicapping experience. Uh, all right, guys. Let's go to San Diego where UNLV is getting six and a half points at San Diego State. The over-under in this game is 47 
UNLV has been outscored 126 to 35 in their last three games. That said, they've been banged up in those contests, and their starting quarterback, Doug Brumfield, missed 13 of those 14 quarters. They're coming off a bye this week, which has given them a chance to get healthy and two weeks to prepare for San Diego State, who's starting a quarterback, whose starting quarterback was a free safety to start the season. Jalen Madden oh. has started Jalen Madden has started the last three three games, and he appears to be getting better every week. That said, those wins are against uh, those games are against Hawaii, Nevada, and Fresno State last week, where he tossed two interceptions and gave up a sack fumble. Aztecs leave on, lean on their ground game. It's a little bit um, they're 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 passing it. The running game's a little bit more traditional than what we saw against Air Force. I look for the Rebels to load the box and spy their QB with star linebacker Austin Ajake to force their quarterback to beat him through the air. I like Brumfield to have a big bounce back game after watching for the for the last three weeks with a concussion. UNLV will be the healthiest they've been since the Utah State game. I think it's going to be a close game. And if they can keep Maiden in the pocket, this kid's an athlete that's playing quarterback. He's not a quarterback playing quarterback. Uh, I think that UNLV has a chance to win. I'm buying the hook and taking the Rebels plus seven in this game. Josh, uh, you got any thoughts on the Mountain West Conference? Oh, I don't really. I'd have to flip a <laughs> coin and see see who I th- I, I'll take UNLV because you probably Stucky probably took UNLV. <laughs> I, you know what? If 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 they have a quarterback that's missed a lot of action, but he's a he's a true QB and he he's got experience, you got to go with that guy. But um, it sounds like San Diego State's in a spot where they're using a kind of a hybrid guy that was a receiver tight end you mentioned that's quarterback. So I mean, I'd pl- I'd, I'd go with UNLV. I don't know those teams that well, so. Uh, I'd have to lean on uh, you guys to tell me, you know, where to go with that one. Bob? Dude, you don't want to lean on me. Bo, Bo you have more knowledge <laughs> about the Mountain West Conference than anybody, man. Um, I, I have I, – I don't care. Um, I'll just, I'll, whatever you say, Bo, I'll, I'll, I'll follow you on this one. Well, 4 o'clock on Saturday, 3 o'clock in Boulder, we'll probably be watching this game at the sink. So, well, I'm sure because uh, the bus will be down 50 at halftime. So, yeah, we'll yeah. The bar uh, all right. Uh, take us to Foxborough, Josh, where the Colts are getting five and a half points against the Pats. The over under in this game is 39 and a half. I love the Pats in this matchup. This is my favorite game of the week in terms of uh, a betting game. I, I think the Pats are 4-4 four and four overall, but last week their defense was awesome. They really played great and great against the run, which had been a problem or an issue for them early on in the season. And, and I just like them at home. I, the Colts with Ellinger, uh, they've kind of got fresh meat there at quarterback, to be honest with you. The Patriots know how – Belichick can dial some stuff up on a guy that's inexperienced. And Ellinger threw 20 passes last week. That's not a whole lot. They're, they'll rely on Jonathan Taylor, and he's really good. But the Patriots, if they can stop Jonathan Taylor in the trenches and make it tough on Ellinger, you know, to, to have to beat him through the air, I, I don't know how they how they could beat him. And the Patriots and Mac Jones is do a good game. He wasn't healthy for a big portion of the year. He came back on the the, the uh, Monday night game where him and Zap split reps and all week in practice. Last week he had a he they won and he had his first real start coming back off the injury. He didn't play great, but Mac Jones won ten games last year, and so he's a he's a very good quarterback. I just think he's going to get back into rhythm, and the Patriots are going to look like more like they did last year this week than they have in the past and because of everything's kind of coming together for them. And so it'll be, it'll be fun to see, uh, you know, Ellinger versus Mac Jones, two young quarterbacks, but I like Mac Jones in this matchup because of Belichick and that defense. Bob. 
Yeah, I agree. I like the Pats in this one, too, solely on the fact that Ellinger's young, not a ton of experience, and Belichick will dial up stuff that he's never seen before. And I just I just don't see how the Colts score enough points to keep it within the spread. So I, I definitely like the Pats in this one. Yeah, I, like I, I think that the, I think the Colts are like 30th in scoring, too. So they're not a high yeah, dynamic right. offense. So it's like the Patriots are good on defense. Belichick will dial it up and they can't score anyway. So yeah. you got to go with the Patriots. <laughs> I, I, I like the Pats to win. I, I, I don't like laying points in the NFL period just because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. This looks like one of those classic uh, under games, uh, although 99 percent of the money is coming in on the under, which yeah, who knows? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow this game find a way to go over that number because of, because of where the money's coming in on it. But uh, I'll probably stay away from this game. Uh, I like your guys' breakdown on it. Let's go to Ford Field, Bob, where Detroit is a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home against the Packers. The over-under is 49-and-a-half. Yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously the Lions haven't performed uh, or in the win column as much as they, as they – would have thought I would have thought they would have when the season started, but I think the Packers are more disappointing than the Lions because they just can't score points, um, and, and they're struggling to find receivers that uh, to get on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. The Lions can score points, so I like taking the three and a half points in Detroit um, at home because I just don't know how I don't know if the Packers can keep up with Jared Goff and the points that the Lions are going to put on the board. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with the Lions at home. I like Dan Campbell, even though they've only won one game. Um, but I just, I just don't know how the Packers can, can score enough points to keep up with Detroit in this one, especially with Detroit getting points. Bodie. Yeah. I think, you know, how, how hungry are the Lions probably to beat the Packers and they got yeah, a really right. good opportunity yeah. to beat the Packers. And it's like, We've seen we've seen a Green Bay team this year that like we've never seen them in the last twenty years probably with with Aaron's success and even Favre's before that. I mean the Packers, the Detroit's always been their little brother, so they got a chance, an opportunity to come and, and to double their win, you know, double their wins in one game, and they got a real chance at home to do that. I like Detroit in the game too. I think. The Packers cannot – they don't score points. The receivers aren't on the same page. Exactly what Bobby said. And and they put their defense back out on the field a ton. And I, Green Bay's defense isn't bad, but Detroit scores enough points to beat them. I think it will be a seven, you know, 20 to 17 game. But I think Detroit wins the ball game uh, outright and, and collects their second win of the year. I really do. Packers are terrible. Yeah, the, the NFL has given Rodgers the shaft this season with the exception of Aaron Jones. He doesn't have any playmakers. I'm with you. Give me the Lions plus three and a half at home in this one. All right, guys. Uh, I'm going to take us to New York where the Bills are 12 and a half point favorites at the Jets. This is one of those weird games where I would not be surprised if we woke up Monday to find out that the Jets beat the Bills. You know, you need, you need, I think New York's defense is better than a 12 and a half uh, point dog at home in this game. I don't know that they'll win. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. It's just you know, the NFL's weird like that. It's crazy things happen in this league. But I'm going to take the 12 and a half in this one. And I also think that this might not be a bad game uh, to tease up to 18 and a half or 19 and a half. Josh, you got any thoughts here? Well, I watch, you know, of course, watch all the NFL action every week. And, and you know, Wilson, Zach Wilson is a – I think he's a – 
he's got all the tools to be an elite guy, but it's like he's inconsistent. The Jets' offense is inconsistent, and they throw the ball sometimes well, and then they don't throw the ball well. I think they can rival Buffalo, especially with it being in New York, but Buffalo doesn't have to travel very far to play that game. And so I I don't know if if Buffalo is going to absolutely smoke them down. Uh, I think it could be really close, or it could be a a, a blowout, to be honest. I don't think there's like – I, I think Buffalo's either going to win by by 28 or it's going to be maybe the Jets upset them. I mean, the Jets aren't a bad football team. I, I would probably not bet this game, to be honest with you, because that's a lot of points and they're playing in New York. Uh, if, if Wilson gets hot, he can make plays and, and he's dangerous. But he hadn't made he didn't make them last week. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know where I would go with this one. I, I probably would stay away from it. Yeah, this is this is a tough one for me, too, just because some of the throws that Zach Wilson made last weekend we're just I mean I don't even know what the hell he's thinking and I agree with Josh that he's got all the tools but you know upstairs it might just not be turning over quickly enough and and if they get in third down and Von Miller pins his ears back and those guys are putting pressure on him I think this game could get really ugly because the Bills I mean come on they can score who's going to slow them down they can score points with the guys they got so I think it's all going to hinge on if, if Zach Wilson can protect the football and if he protects the football, I think it can stay close. But if he makes throws and decisions like he made last weekend, I think this one could be real ugly. Yeah, purely just looking at this at this game on, you know, if, if you're going uh, Zach Wilson versus Josh Allen, I mean, all day we're saying there's no sh- there's no shot that Zach Wilson's ready to beat this uh, this kid yet who's just on fire. But man, the NFL just has a has a sneaky way of yeah, it does. Of, of wait, you know, it's one of those things where like you wake up Monday, and you're like, how did the Jets beat the Bills? And now, <laughs> now the now the Bills are six and two. You know, punt return, punt blocked for a touchdown. Who knows? Crazy things can happen in the NFL. All right, guys, uh, that's all the time we have for you today. Thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please do us a solid and hit that YouTube subscribe button to stay up to date with future episodes and follow us on Instagram at Armchair Donkeys to catch our plays in real time. Josh, thanks for joining us on the show today. Um, wh- where can people uh, download the Bula app so that they can get yeah, there? Just, yeah, appreciate you asking. Bula, Bula Challenge on the Apple and iPhone stores. Uh, you can download it right now uh, and jump on it and check it out, man. But the Bula app, Bula Challenge on the Apple store. Beautiful. Bob, I'll see you in Boulder Saturday for the Buffs and the Ducks where I'll be shocked if we aren't at the sink at halftime <laughs> to watch the dogs and the balls suck at half kick. All right, guys. Good luck this weekend. Later, boys. Hey, thanks, guys. Enjoy it. Thanks, boys. Josh. All right. All right. Y'all have a good day.